Hello, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. It's week 10. Double digits. I would dance, but we're in the fort, and I don't want to break the fort. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty amazing in here today, though. I love that we have made it to a 10th episode, and yes, it is a very... So, Jay's SO... has made us quite the fort. I know. She used weights. It is aerodynamic in here. Aerodynamic. It doesn't move, okay? It's not aerodynamic. It has airspace. It has (laughs) airspace. Oh, man. You know what? This is so far off to somewhat of a funny podcast, which is good because we're doing comedians in Mary Do Ditch. Mary Do Ditch. All right. Who do you have for me? All right. Like I said, comedians. And I'm going to go with a couple of current comedians. Uh, So I'm going with Kevin Hart. Who is short but sweet and also has tons of movie appearances, tons of movie roles. Very, very funny actor and funny comedian. Number two, from Parks and Rec fame, Aziz Ansari. Mm. Skinny little Indian guy. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and number three, the current, not back in this heyday, the current because he is still doing this, Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck. In a million years, I really don't think that I would have ever picked this way. I'm going to marry Jeff Foxworthy. Why? What? Yeah, I know. You know why? His mustache. He has has an amazing mustache, and I have a little bit of a thing for mustaches. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, like, Tom Selleck. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wow. Wow. So, if if you came in next week and I had grown a full-on stash... It would be, Becky would be upset at me in this fort. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so you're Although, admittedly, I don't know if you can grow a mustache in a week that is, like, you know, worthy of Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy's mustache. No, that's true. Okay, so you're marrying Foxworthy because yeah. of the stash. Yeah. Uh, who are you ditching? I'm going to ditch Kevin Hart. Oh, sorry, Kevin. Uh, you know why? He's short. And, well, we know how much I like tallness. No, but Aziz is also somewhat short, and you are going to do him. Yeah, but you know what? Aziz is so cute. Aww. Kevin Hart is, he's not a bad-looking guy or anything, but just compared to Aziz, I got to hand it to the little Indian guy. All right, you are up with uh, Indian. Is that racist? Are we being racist? I just think he's cute, and he is Indian. Is that bad? I don't know. I mean, it's just fact. I mean, he's right? American. I, but in his heritage, I'm Canadian, but I'm also Serbian. Yes. And I'm Canadian, but also Canadian. Right. Which makes you Canadian. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Wait, no. My <laughs> turn. Of course. I always forget it's my turn. I think you're on to something with Jeff Foxworthy. I am definitely marrying Jeff Foxworthy. If not just because of the redneck stuff. I mean, we would go fishing. We drive trucks. I would stay home while he would do all that stuff. Oh, I would go with him. We could live in the country. We could listen to some honky-tonk. And he's much older than I am, so he's going to die and leave me all his money. I think that you might have a healthier marriage with him than I would. Probably. Yeah. I would enjoy everything up until his death. 
Right. Then I am going to take Kevin Hart because he's so short. I feel like that will be interesting. Who is shorter? Good question. I don't know, but I saw Kevin Hart on stage with Anna Kendrick, who is very short, and he was shorter than her. So I think it might be interesting in bed with Kevin Hart. So I'm going with Kevin Hart, and I'm ditching Aziz. Uh, nothing against Aziz. I think the guy's really funny, but he's uh, he's too skinny. Too skinny, and I don't think we'd have a lot in common. So uh, Mary and Jeff for that. Bop and, uh, Bop and Kevin for everything else. I have a very interesting mix of ladies. Kristen Schaal, Melissa McCarthy, and Sandra Bernhard. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm ditching Sandra Bernhard because I, I don't have anything for her uh, personally. Like, I just, I don't see an attraction. Nothing against you, Sandra. I actually do think you're very funny. I just don't see the attraction. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to ditch you this time. Uh, I am going to do Kristen Schaal. And, mm. you know, my... My reasons are she's kind of squirrely. She's kind of a kind of an outcast-looking person. I'm feeling she'd bring a lot of heat, a lot of heat to the bedroom, like she was trying to prove something. And, I, and I, you know what? That's that's what I'd like in that one night stand. And then of course I'm marrying Melissa McCarthy. Not only is she beautiful, she's hilarious, and I feel like she's the kind of person that we could just sit down and watch TV. And that's the kind of person that I want to grow old with. And Melissa McCarthy and I, we would just have some laughs, watching the tube, enjoying great food, um, and gossiping about uh, all the silliness of her life, basically. I, I got to tell you, I completely agree. And I'm also marrying Melissa McCarthy. All right. So we're marrying the same this time. But well, that's okay. Is everything said, else the same? Well, no, no, no. All right. But go, I'm just going to say, like, she is hot. She is funny. Yep. She is awesome. And I feel like she'd be really good in the bedroom. I, th- I agree. Yeah. So uh, I'm ditching Kristen Shaw. Okay. She seems a little timid for my taste. And Sandra Bernhard is anything but. Exactly. Okay. She would be the man. She would wear the pants. She would boss me around. And I would be okay with that. Fair enough. Especially so, for just one night. So bye bye, Kristen Shaw. Bye-bye, All right. Kristen Shaw. Sorry. All right. I am so looking forward to this week's nerd battle. I'm excited. But I, I knew how excited you were, Jay, and I knew that I needed to re-watch The Amazing Spider-Man in order to prepare. Which I feel really bad for you because you had to watch The Amazing Spider-Man again. It is amazing. Ah, which brings us to this week's nerd battle. Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man versus... Andrew Garfield as the better Spider-Man. Not the better Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire 1 is closer to the source material. He is a young high school student who gets his powers. He's an outcast. Okay, wait a he minute. Is- Wait a minute. Andrew Garfield is also a high school student who gets his power. He is not a geek. In that first scene, are in you Amazing, kidding me? In that first scene in Amazing Spider-Man, he sticks up for another person. You yeah, know what? You, you know, know what? what? You know what? Because nowadays, that's what a geek is. He epitomizes the modern geek. The old school 1950s geek might have been into science, but now it's not geeky to be into science. He's a geek because he is a social outcast. If Peter Parker, and I'm talking even the later comic books, if Peter Parker wasn't getting picked on and saw somebody else getting picked on, 
before he had spider powers, he'd walk away going, at least it's not me today. And that is true to the story, that is true to the comics, and that is why Tobey Maguire is the better Spider-Man. Okay, first of all, let me just spin this on its head a little bit because I have a completely different opinion on this item. I think that when you take something from a comic and you turn it into real-life human people, you need to make things believable. And he is a believable superhero because he likes to stand up for people. You like him because he's willing to get his ass kicked, and you, he totally gets his ass you kicked. You do not like him as Peter Parker. Yes, Andrew you Garfield. You love him so much as Peter Andrea, Parker. A Andrea. Andrea. Andrew Garfield is a dark version of Peter Parker, which is insane because Peter Parker isn't a dark character. You can do that with Batman. We talked about this last week about making your characters dark. I don't think he's dark. dark. I think yes, he's realistic. He dark. He's like a no, realistic he is teenager. absolutely dark. It's what he's a, a broody, dark, I lost my parents, showing us a parent backstory. Those movies are lunacy, my friend. Are you kidding me? He's just realistic. This is what it would be like to be Peter Parker. No, what it's like to be Peter Parker is Tobey Maguire in love with the girl he can't have. Then he gets spider powers, and you know what happens? He doesn't get super cocky right away as Peter Parker. He only transforms into cocky guy when he's Spider-Man, and that's when he can be... But that's be... the thing. If you can't, like, you have to have it inside of you. And I never believed it with Tobey Maguire, and when he said the Spidey lines, it wasn't believable at all. Whereas Andrew Garfield, when he is Spider-Man, you just want to, like, smack him upside the head he's kind of like you know he's like that kid that never got to play this game and is like taking it for all it's worth and it feels real he's, he's this, amazing he's this kid who never shuts up which granted that is spider-man but his voice does not work it totally with, works it does not work he's with a new that spider-man character it does not work with being peter parker and being spider-man the spider-man fights maybe really really cool in Amazing Spider-Man but the villains suck so oh my god you, so no you get, way so you get the this geek you get this geek who and he is a much bigger geek in a lot of ways compared to Tobey Maguire not a chance are you, you look kidding at, me look at Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man 2 he Ugh. is going to Otto Octavius uh, going to see his hero Otto Octavius because he is this massive science geek and you okay. get to see how well, geeky what do Toby we see McGuire in is. Amazing Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man literally he makes the spider things that come out of his arm that, was, that is pure geek engineering that is what modern geeks do they code, they create prototypes they engineer shit he is the epitome of a geek just because Sam Raimi glossed over that and made it, made it more organic doesn't make it worse but he's not showing his geekiness other than the fact that he is referred to as a geek and picked on at school, there's nothing about him that's like you're a geek not once do we see Andrew Garfield bullied if you're a geek people do not like you people don't like him he's the loner and the loser and that's what a geek is nowadays geek because now nowadays geekiness is cool in a lot of ways and so what's really uncool is being a loner and that's what he is and that's why he shouldn't get Gwen Stacy. You know what, Makes though? They're no so sense. They cute are not together. cute together. Mary Jane and Spider-Man are the love couple. And Kirsten Dunst is the is worst the Mary Jane better, is ever. Is the better couple. Toby and Kirsten, there's chemistry. 
There's Sam no Raimi chemistry. Just, Are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm telling you, they made a great couple. They were fantastic. They're together. actually dating to this day, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. That is chemistry. My I friend. don't care what they're doing off stage. They I'm are so you. in chemistry. It's not even funny in this movie. They are, and they just they have this connection, and you just like you're rooting for them. You're rooting for him. They to beat are god awful. You watch you watch them together, and you're like, oh dear God, can you please get a villain in here? Because I cannot deal I with disagree. this cutesy totally, banter crap. I that love isn't it. Isn't working for them at all. It's so cute. It totally works for them. You're rooting for them. I think it's amazing. Very sweet. Does not make him better, and does not make the movies better. It totally. And makes by him movies, better. I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man Two versus Spider-Man Two. I've never seen Amazing Spider-Man Two, so it can. Not oh be my gosh! You you came into this saying I gotta prepare, and you didn't watch the god awful sequel. Why would I watch the sequel? I wanted to watch the original. Because I have three movies that prove Tobey Maguire is better. Okay, both sequels of Tobey Maguire's were like I think the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. I would take Spider-Man 3 over the amazing Spider-Man 2 any day of the I week. I hated Spider-Man 3. I hated everything about it. I hated Spider-Man 2. And I know that everybody loves that movie, but you know what? I think it sucks. Why? It was way too CG. I really hate when there's two bad guys. Are you games. kidding? There is so much CG in Garfield Spider-Man. It was better done. Ah, maybe the technology was better, but when you see Spidey on the subway and he's flipping around and he's webbing everything and trying to get people out of harm's way and Doc Ock is throwing them and he's spinning a web and catching them and then he's got to catch that train at the end. <laughs> you know what we never got to see from Garfield? A display of strength. Spider-Man... Yeah, because he's not strong. Yes, he is. No, the he doesn't have super strength. He has super strength. He does not have super strength. He is not meant to be strong like Thor or Superman. He's meant to be agile, a good fighter, and a smart dude. Spider-Man in the... in. I'm going back to the canon, baby always has a moment where he pushes his limits and he pushes his muscles so hard, even further than he ever expected he could. And we see that in Spider-Man 2 when uh, he has to okay. stop the train. I'm sorry, but with the train scene in The Amazing Spider-Man, that was fucking cool. First of all, he's not even in an outfit. And I love the way that he got to coming up with the outfit. Like the little offside comment of, ugh, they're all wearing spandex. Like, he's like, damn it, I know I'm going to have to do this. Like he... Done before. Been there, done that. And Tobey Maguire did it a hell of a lot better, facing Flash Thompson, an actual character from the comic books, while watching Flash punch, and he's like, whoa, going right past him. And then one punch, and Flash is down, and everyone's scared of him. Beautiful! It was a beautiful scene, and it brought Mary Jane closer to be like, you freaked us all out today in class. And then you got this beautiful little love scene where you got to see them develop. And not banter like schoolgirls and school children. Yeah, because ridiculous. Real true love is not ridiculous. And I Kristen don't care Dunst, that they're dating out Kristen in real Dunst life. was a really bad Mary Jane. She didn't even have proper red hair. And Gwen Stacy doesn't have proper blonde hair. Oh, uh, yes, that she said, does. Emma Stone is a freaking redhead in real life. I know. You know. And this is why you like her, isn't I it? I do. I love oh her. Oh, my God. Okay. Who is the better Spider-Man? We want to hear it from you. Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield? Andrew and Garfield. what did you think of that god-awful, amazing Spider-Man 2 movie? I saw a really awesome article today. Okay. It was an article discussing the fact that 
perhaps in the near future we will not have passwords anymore. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, smartphones are doing the thumbprint thing and, and, and scan your finger. And actually, my phone, I just got a brand new phone, uh, Sony Xperia Z3. I can do facial recognition to open my phone. So I, it takes a picture, it learns my face. Um, the only downside is, like, I'm in the subway and I hit my lock button and it comes up and I have to like lift my phone to my face. <laughs> and if it's rush hour, oh my gosh, I got to move past people to like look at like try and. Can you get in without get the in? facial recognition or you so, have to have the facial of recognition? Of course. So if it uh, doesn't recognize it, it asks for a pin. Okay. Which is fine, but you're talking about the end of passwords altogether, and a PIN, I would think, is sort of a password. IFL Science uh, is discussing the fact that we have a lot more biometrics kind of coming up in the world. So Windows 10 is coming out, and it is rumored that it's going to actually use its webcam to examine a user's face, and then the iris as well. Ooh. Yep. And then that will unlock the device. And not only will it unlock the device, but you'll, you know how like you can save all your passwords in your computer? I do, yep. Okay. So your passwords get saved in your passport type app. And when you log in using the biometric scanner, all passwords are cleared for you. Like, so everything that's associated awesome. with you as a user. So you don't have to log in. Like you put in your email and it, pre-fills in all your email stuff because it knows that it's you using the computer. I guess my question to you is uh, how safe do you feel about this feature? I mean, I think that I definitely trust the safety of it. I think that you're not going to get more secure than your own face and things that make you unique as an individual. The thing that it worries me a little bit about is where's all this data going? Like we're so connected. We yes. know for a fact that pretty much anything we do online is being tracked by government agencies. Well, don't you think you're you're being a little bit paranoid? I don't know that I'm being paranoid and I don't know that I would avoid the technology. I'm just aware that it is you know, one more step away from privacy. I mean, I know that Google probably knows every little thing about me. I know they know what movies I like because all of my movies are programmed into Google Movies. I go with uh, Google Play, so they know what kind of music I like. Yeah, Google they knows everything know about you. Everything about me. But you know what? I am okay with them knowing that for the amount of things they give me in my life. I know, and I guess that's the trade-off. I guess my other question is, are passwords really that big a deal? Well, like, okay, passwords are clearly not as secure as they should be. I mean, how many people do you know that change their password every three months in a completely non-sequitur, like, one. random digit I know one, and it's me. Every three months? Every three months. And, and like, non-sequitur, random digits, everything? Crazy, random everything. How do you keep that all in your head? Remove all the vowels, change up the numbers, Don't add exclamations, put ex asterisks in. I feel like we, we didn't know. Nobody is going to know. You First of all. Becky, I have shared my password with on many occasions, to this day, cannot figure it out. All I have to say right now is that you better edit the hell out of what you just said because there's some hacker out there that is going to take you up on your challenge. Bring it on. No, no. Bring it on because Jay tomorrow I'm changing my password. Glory. This, he uh, understands that you hacker are all, really good at what you do and he is the, not inviting any sort of <laughs> terrorism against you. All that I have decided. No, it's over. Get rid of this segment. My password's changing tomorrow. <laughs> 
so this week we asked you to watch Star Wars A New Hope because a Force Awakens trailer came out and we got super excited and really nerdy. So uh, we revisited A New Hope this week. And Ivana, what did you think? Uh, it's so not as good as I remembered it. What? I know. Okay, we I just got so off the evil. nerd battle. We just had the nerd battle. We're not doing that again. It's just, it's, you know, it's still good. I mean, it is good. It's, I guess I just reaffirm the fact that at the end of the day, I'm a Trekkie. Yeah, and that's fine. You can be a Trekkie. I want to know what, what wasn't that great because I watched it in the same nostalgia for Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. They all came back and, uh, you know, I had to watch a special edition because that's all I have on DVD. So that's what I watched too. And I think that's might be part of it. I mean, I have the original on VHS. Like I'm talking Han shooting first. I have it on VHS, but my damn VCR is crapping out. So I didn't want to risk it. Uh, so I popped on the DVD and because it's a special edition, I have some qualms, but I still love A New Hope. I still love the, uh, you know, little short to be a stormtrooper. Like, I love those little lines. I, you know what? I, the lines are great. The script is amazing. C-3PO is just hilarious. But where I wasn't. I, you know what I didn't remember? I didn't remember the horrible acting. I mean, I guess they're stiff. It's a sci-fi actioner. And, you but know, the, the, it's they were not like the... super... They, they, I just wasn't expecting it. I, I really thought that they would be better. I mean, just the trailer from The Force Awakens has some amazing acting. And I didn't see any of that in that whole movie. I mean, you know what? Like, Luke was pretty good. Mark Hamill. Yep. Um, but... And and I like Harrison Ford, but yeah, he he kind of let me like I was like, really, that's how he played this. And I think that it has to do with the fact that so I I was really excited about the Force Awakens, and I don't know if anyone has looked this up. Offshoot, okay. yep. side note. Yep. Um, look up the Force Awakens trailer one and two mashup. Why don't, we, why don't we put that link in? Because it's really good. It's so good. Whoever edited that together was a genius. So I, I was, of course, I spent the whole week geeking out about Star Wars, getting more and more excited about it. And then I was chatting with a few of my geeky friends um, and who are super Star Wars people like, like you, Jay, really, at the end of the yes. day. And they were ta- enlightening me a little bit about George Lucas. So I will admit that that conversation, I think probably played a lot to do like had a lot to do with my opinion okay um they explained to me that george lucas is more proud of episodes one through three than four through six well i guess as you age and as you become a a filmmaker in in your own right i mean he wrote and directed all of the prequels where he only wrote and directed the first one um yeah, I think hope. there was a reason for it. Think about all that wooden acting. It's been said before. George Lucas has a real problem with his cast. And he has a problem b- drawing anything out because he just wants to take the shots and get it to the editing room. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think that maybe the problem is that George Lucas is not meant to be a director. And he create he An actor requires a proper director. And I say this from experience. Someone who will be their eyes and ears. When you're on set and you're in front of the camera, the, what your job is is to be in the moment as much as you can be and to really b- drive truth 
and you trust your director to be looking out at your performance. And if you don't do a good job, he's going to redirect you and you're together you're going to create genius. And I feel like maybe the problem is George Lucas. And that's why I'm really excited about J.J. Abrams. But I got to ask because this can't be the first time you've gone back to a movie and it didn't hold up. Do you have any other movies in your life that mm. you've gone back to that did not hold up? And I do. I have – not only do I, I have a list, a laundry list. But I will tell you my number one, and if you're listening to this podcast, I am sorry. I am going to just really upset you. Labyrinth. Jennifer Connelly. I love Labyrinth. And David Bowie. I loved Labyrinth for so long. And then I went back to that kooky universe, and I was I was grossed out. By the singing Muppets, trading heads, the weird worm, all of the stuff that led up to David Bowie's codpiece. It was insane. And I didn't enjoy taking that journey again. I don't know. I don't think I have an answer for you on this one other than A New Hope. A New Hope. That's enough for me. I trolled around Reddit today. and I, I love Reddit. I love Reddit. So I found a really good one and I cannot wait to share it. Make Throwaways Happen wrote this today. The other night, I went out drinking with a friend. We had been close, but strictly platonic. We go out drinking as friends, per her request. After a beer, she holds my hand. After another beer and a shot, she's guiding my hand along her body. After another beer, she tells me that I should have been hers. And after one more beer and one more shot, we're kissing. We both confess feelings for one another and we part ways. The next morning I don't hear from her. I text, no reply that whole day. The next day or the following day. And when we see each other, she refuses to talk about it. This tears me apart and I don't tell just anybody that I care about them. And it makes me feel stupid for even going out. I would have gladly said no to the best night of my life if I'd known I would have lost her over it. But it happened and I meant it. And for that, I'm not sorry. What do I do? Okay, so this is something that I personally had to learn over a bunch of time. But I'm going to save make throwaways happen a little bit of time. When you're out drinking, that is not the time to confess feelings. That is not the time to make big romantic gestures with the girl that you like. If you've been drinking, sometimes things go too far. Sometimes she's just feeling frisky and the next morning realizing, oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. It's one thing if you had gotten to the kiss and then left it at that. It's because then you still have something more to go forward to. It's when you do that whole big giant confession, it can be actually really quite daunting. And the fact that every move that was made happened after more and more drinking is a surefire sign that she just wanted some action. You gotta remember, you are both drunk. Yeah, but it's hard because if she's putting the hard line in the sand right now and she's completely avoiding you, you might just have to give her the space. In fact, giving her space right now might be the best thing that you can do in order to win back that friendship. I agree. And... Quite frankly, if she needs space, then you just give it to her because uh, you're going to feel a lot better in the long run when a couple of days has passed and you're you're not thinking about her as much. And 
Finally, she comes to her senses and says, okay, we got to talk about that night. You think you can't get over someone sometimes, but you always do. Every time. Every time. No matter how hopeless it seems. And sad to say it does get easier. Best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. How many times have you gotten under someone else? Like, zero. Well, metaphorically, I will kiss other people when I'm getting over my exes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've kissed a lot of people. You really want me to... Do you want this on the podcast? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Ivana has kissed a lot of men. Oh, wait, no. She said people. Yeah, I said people. Yeah, you did. (laughs) That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. So glad that you could uh, spend some time, watch a couple of movies, listen to us yell at each other. Uh, (laughs) And for next week, we are going to try a TV show, half-hour TV show. It's on Fox, and it's called The Last Man on Earth, starring Will Forte. So you can find it uh, probably in the iTunes store or... The, and probably on Fox.com or whatever. Yeah, somewhere. You can find... You're smart people. I, I, You found this podcast. <laughs> I am sure you can find things. Um, but if you want to find more about us, you can always contact us. Uh, you can reach us by email at friendswithelephants at mail.com or on Facebook. Twitter, I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. And we also have a website, friendselephants.com. And if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, please make sure to comment or rate us. That's how uh, we get bigger in those communities. Tell us what you think because we can't get better unless you let us know. All right, dude. It's time to get out of this fort. It's a beautiful fort, though. It this is. is. This has been a nice one. I'm not too warm. I'm getting kind of warm. Well, I've got pins and needles. My legs are like cramping up on me. Let's get out of this fort. Freedom! Freedom!